fear the talking. <laughs> Not this time. It's here, the talking queers. Come on! Ah, oh, it! Boo, you whore. Ready to party! How oh, very. Hey, bitch. Hey, Heather. <laughs> hi, Heather. <laughs> oh, my God. Hi, Heather. Oh, that's a beautiful way to, to blend <laughs> this episode today. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're recording this episode on... 420. 420. Yes. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> yeah, and those two... <laughs> Heathers and 420 are... <laughs> They are not connected in any way, shape, or form. No, that's not true. There are stoners in Heather's. <laughs> that's true. That girl who's all... <laughs> what? The, <laughs> the girl looks like Gina Davis. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Or Janine Garofalo. I don't, I don't know if you can tell or not. We've partaken a little bit already today, right? Yes. I was smoking the brand Caviar Gold. I think Ice Cube makes it. Because his face is on there and it says good day, but it's like in the Friday font from the movie. Oh, I am smoking on some Ember Valley um, and I'm oh. smoking Redding Pie. And they are a very okay. famous Northern California uh cannabis brand oh wow yeah exactly so look i'm uh, i'm smoking the tree from where you're from babe so we thought it would be fun today to talk about movies that are very fun to watch while in this inebriated state of being high yes yeah like what are your favorite stoner movies like movies that i mean okay my picks for this, because we picked, what, five each? My pick for this isn't that, not all of them are about weed, but they're, like, movies that I enjoyed watching while high. Yes, exactly. Some of them do have to do with weed, though, just for, you know, the festive part of it. Right, exactly. Okay, give me one of yours. Okay, so my number one <laughs> stoner movie, I would say this is kind of a stoner movie, um, is Scary Movie. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best I'm getting ever. a shirt. I just ordered a shirt with Scary Movie on it, and it's the smiling face, ghost face mask, and then it says, and then there's weed leaves behind him, and it's just a Scary Movie with his face. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds like something you would buy at the fair or something in a tent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shorty. Like, he's a big old stoner. I know. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a lot of stony references in Scary Movie, but it's just, like, so silly and I'm the kind of person that when I smoke, I either want my mind blown or I just want to laugh. And so Scary Movie is like the perfect stupid humor movie to like really get you enjoying your high. Forever funny. And it has not aged well. That is for sure. But it has not aged well, but we were there for that humor. (laughs) So (laughs) we remember what it was like to enjoy jokes. (laughs) To enjoy Um, life. Oh my god. Okay, so one of mine, well, I mean, this is like Cheech and Chong up in smoke. Ooh, what's that? Come on. That's like the number one <laughs> movie that everybody should be watching on 420. That movie is so funny. It's been so long since I've seen it, but I remember growing up watching that movie, not high, and still thinking it was like the funniest movie. That big ass joint. Oh my god, it's so long. I just remember that scene where that, like, 
prostitute or something. She like snorts like Ajax. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember that scene always killed me as a kid. It's a great movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, give me another one of yours. Okay, so the second movie I picked is um, Reefer Madness the Musical. You've never seen this. No. It's ridiculous. And it you know, appeals to the little musical theater kid in my heart. And it was a movie that I was like obsessed with when I was like, you know, in high school and and really loved musical theater a lot. Yeah. Is this one with Christian Campbell? Yeah, it's one with Christian Campbell, Kristen Bell, Nev Campbell, Anna Gasteyer, Amy Spanger. Kristen Bell's in it? Yeah, she's like she plays this like like the sweet, you know, blonde, innocent girl who gets corrupted by by the devil's lettuce. Her, and her name is Mary Lane. <laughs> it's so cute. It's so funny. It's Very hilarious. Lame. Oh, yeah. Who else is in it? What fucking... What's his name? You know. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> I can't think of his fucking name. What is he in? So you better edit this out. <laughs> Oh, Alan Cumming is in it. Anyway. Oh. Uh, and. Yes. And. Okay. So, great cast. Um, it's like a it's like a parody version of Reefer Madness, the old propaganda film. Um, okay. That black and white propaganda film that was like all about how weed is evil. Don't let your kids smoke weed. Yes, exactly. And pretty, pretty much they just like made it to this really hilarious, campy musical. And it was on Broadway for a minute closed because of unfortunately the september 11th attacks but um, oh. got made into a movie for showtime and it was choreographed by paula abdul <laughs> oh my god yeah. my grandma <laughs> <laughs> straight up yes <laughs> all right your turn okay my next one it would be friday Damn. oh yeah okay classic of course. Yes, starring Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. So good, so classic. When Smokey uh, tries that blunt with angel dust in it, and then he ends up in like the pigeon coop. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many great moments. And my favorite, one of my favorite characters in cinema history, is in that movie with uh, Craig, played by Ice Cube, his girlfriend, when she pulls oh, yeah. up to Two Lives Crew, Hoochie Mama, and she's. Uh, ready to fight the neighbor girl for being over at her man's house. Who is that bitch? <laughs> that is you. <laughs> that is my life. So. It, it is, it is. <laughs> okay, so my next pick is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And if you have not seen this movie yet, uh, you deserved to get punched in the face because it is so good. I have seen it three times now. <gasps> Three times okay. in theaters. I you have- are being so ridiculous. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It is so good. It's so profound, but it's all it's just like so perfectly done. And watching it so high made it even more enlightening. It was so wow. It's so good. Like I'm not gonna. I don't want to, you know, give my, you know, detailed thoughts on it because I'm holding out that one day maybe we'll do an episode on her. But um, I need to watch it still. I haven't even seen it. Yeah, you gotta get out there and watch it. Great cast, I know. brilliant, heartfelt, funny, crazy, over the top, never been done oh. before. Eat it, shit it out, put it in a blender, or whatever that quote is. Throw it's it perfect. Up again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's just so good. Go see everything ever all at once and take an edible before you do. Ooh, okay. Okay, my third one is The Mask. 
spoken. It's so cartoonish and crazy, and it'll definitely play into that mindset. Like you just explained, one that you would want to see in lightning. Yeah. And this one is definitely more for if you just wanted to fucking laugh. <laughs> you're self silly. <laughs> your socks off. <laughs> you laugh your laugh your fucking panties off. <laughs> It is very good. Um, I love that movie. It's a classic. Jim Carrey. Uh, Tommy Gun. Yeah. Cameron Diaz. Bomb as Oh hell. my gosh. She's never looked better. <laughs> 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 we get shot. <laughs> um, yes. Cameron Diaz has never looked better. And her song that she sings, that she's not singing, but... Oh, uh, baby, ain't I good to you? I'm like, whose voice is that? <laughs> Shaw Days. It's all Cameron Diaz. <laughs> yeah, Cameron Diaz lip syncing to the vocal stylings of Shaw Day. <laughs> and, then they, and then they give you a number with Cuban Pete. That song is a showstopper. Oh, they call me Cuban Pete. Pete. I'm the crate of my native street. I'm the leader of the Roomba beat. <laughs> when I shake my maracas, I go cheek, cheeky, boom, cheek, cheeky, boom. Oh, oh he's a quiet guy. In Havana. I love that cop. She's so hot. <laughs> oh, my God. You're silly. Okay. What's your fourth choice? Okay. So my fourth choice is the silly one like you picked with the mask this is bridesmaids this is just oh yes already one of the funniest movies ever gracias para vivar en la casa (laughs) (laughs) my favorite line from that movie because it's so underrated is when she's fighting with the girl at the jewelry store oh yeah well you you look like an old mop Because she kind of does. Oh my god. My favorite line, which is underrated, is when she's at the um is it the it's the engagement party in the beginning. It's the, when she's talking the, to Kimmy Schmidt or whatever that girl's name is. Ellie Kemper. <laughs> and she's like, Oh my god, this must be your husband. And then it was this old <laughs> man who's not with Kristen Wig. And she's like, Oh no, no, this isn't no, we're not together. And he's like, Do you wanna go for a walk? And she goes, I I can't. I can't. <laughs> just no explanation. Just I can't. Yes, I can't. <laughs> just bridesmaids okay. is just perfect. It's hilarious. And if you want to like laugh until you pee yourself, watch it high. Another one that I love getting fucking googly eyed and dg drooling laughing at <laughs> is Bad Teacher. Is that marijuana? No, it's medicinal marijuana. I have a prescription and everything. But I'm not going to tell you why because it's between me and my doctor. If you want some yes. good zingers in gift form to send to your pals um, over iMessage or whatever, look at bad teacher gifts. They're so good. There's one for everyone. Um, my, my favorite one to use, which I use today because somebody said, it's tourist season. And I said, ooh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> which, I think, which I think is only in the extended version of Bad Teacher. We have a, I'm going to go to that meeting. She's like, I don't think I'm going to go to that. Oh, but it's mandatory. Ooh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love when um, Miss Squirrel is telling oh, yeah. her that, you know, she was uh, not watching her quadrant. She goes, are we going to have a problem, me and you? And Miss <laughs> Squirrel goes, 
no, I actually was thinking we could be more than just across the hall mates. And she goes, I don't know what you've heard, but I don't eat muff pie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. She goes, no, of course not. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that movie is so underrated too. For sure. And she does a lot of smoking in it. So that oh. scene in particular, the reason oh, yeah. I chose this. Just, are you smoking marijuana? No. It's medicinal. I have a prescription. <laughs> and it's a crumpled napkin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so my last pick is just any one of the Planet Earth documentaries or any sort of nature documentary. Oh, oh my God. What a dream it is. You just get lost. In the Sahara. Oh my gosh, they're so beautifully shot. (laughs) The colors are so vibrant. And, (laughs) oh my god, my mind gets blown. The the craziest thing I ever came to the realization of while being high (laughs) and watching one of these things, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe, like, wild horses exist. (laughs) I was like, that is such a strange concept because, you know, when I think of horses, I think they all live in stables and... You know, but I'm like, oh my god, who rides them? Who, where do they, no, what do they, they eat don't. other than grass? If somebody's not feeding horses, I don't know, just the idea of wild horses really blew my mind. <laughs> wild wow, horses couldn't drag me away. <laughs> That's how high I was. But yeah, watch planet Earth, watch all the animals do their thing. Mm. It is fascinating, it's eye opening. Oh my god, bitch, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes, like, it's so intense. Like, ah, uh, there's one where... There's something where something's trying to get to the ocean, and they're being attacked by either birds or snakes. I I feel like there's two similar versions of this scenario. Oh, no. But it is so intense, and of course, they make it hella dramatic on on planet Earth. It's all slow motion. The narration, the slow-mo, the music. Oh, my God. One time, I watched some intense, like, chases of animals, like, packs of wolves against some animal or like oh my god i don't like that i know it's crazy cheetahs chasing people <laughs> other, like bigger animals <laughs> yeah yeah people it's so <laughs> it's so crazy oh my god the giraffe fight that's iconic those two giraffes just whap just hitting each other oh my god with their long ass fucking yes. necks it's crazy they Ew, just crack insane. each other Oh my god, it's crazy to watch. Or space documentaries. Oh yeah, I'm scared of space though. Oh, you don't like that, yeah. Space ones. So, okay, my fifth choice were very select episodes of Broad City. I shit. I shit. I shit. Oh my god, good choice. Starting with season one, episode 10, The Last Supper. Oh my god, iconic. When she gets shellfish allergies yes no i know my limits dude as soon as i get to the edge i scale it back <laughs> in the in the iconic blue dress that fucking blue dress that her ass looks great in or yes whatever. yes i mean she pees out a condom like it's an iconic episode there's so many things yeah. and they get high in that episode as well behind behind the uh, restaurant yeah okay so my second episode uh, would be season two episode one in heat there's a really great smoking scene where they're doing different tricks in the dorm room trying to get the air conditioning from the boys room and it's oh, Alana's God. old dorm so she's like <laughs> filled the futures in it He's oh like yes kids yeah and they do that really iconic smoking scene and that boy is just like blowing out O's <laughs> so good 
And then um, season two, episode three, Wisdom Teeth. Ah, uh, my favorite. Which fav- is another my great My favorite one. episode. Right. I love you, Bingo Bronson. She throws the Manuka honey and it hits that lady in the yeah. ankle. Ooh, Manuka honey. <laughs> so reasonably priced. <laughs> Manuka. Okay, I have t- a few more episodes. Okay, season three, episode, who who knows? B- uh, B&B NYC. When they, um, they Airbnb their apartments. Oh, the yes. And, and then, then they the, try to stay on the roof and yes. the tent blows off of them. Yes. So then they just go to the club. In the club, we all fam. What? In the club, we all fam. She's like, I don't understand. In the club, we are all family. What are you, racist? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Abby gets all her shit stolen by her Airbnb guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's a how do you say romantic? <laughs> yeah. And she's all she thinks she's gonna have sex with him, but instead he just robs her. <laughs> okay, so then season four, episode four, mushrooms. Because I think oh, yeah. you can only enjoy that episode when you're high because yeah. they're all animated. They're on animated, mushrooms and <laughs> they kill Wanda Sykes' cat. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god, she kills the cat. You you killed my cat. Get out of here, you drug addict. (laughs) Um, And then season five, episode seven, um, shenanigans. And that's the one where Abby's dating Clea Duvall. And Alana, she goes to get her hair done. And they're like, you can be a hair model. Come later for the photo shoot. And she's like, yes, I'm going to be a model. (laughs) And then there's like a nasty drip from an air conditioner on one of the apartments above and the drop falls in her eye she gets nasty ass pink eye <laughs> before the modeling shoot god that it's show so is good. so good if you've never watched broad city what are you doing or you should watch it speaking of broads speaking of broads yeah um, we are talking speaking about heaven <laughs> from rock of love speaking of broads and heather we're talking about rock of love today <laughs> Oh my god, now Heather. Obviously we're talking about the movie Heathers. Heathers, yes Heather. Um, This is an iconic 80s cult movie. Um, Credited as one of the first of like the mean girl subgenre movies. Probably the the one that springboarded that genre into the mainstream. Um, So... I'm excited to get into this one. I love this movie. I know you love this movie. So why don't we get do. into Heather's today on Here the Talking Queers. You stupid fuck. You goddamn bitch. You were nothing before you met me. You were playing Barbies with Betty Finn. You were a bluebird. You were a brownie. You were a Girl Scout cookie. I got you into a Remington party. What's my thanks? It's on the hallway carpet. I got paid in puke. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up. Heathers, released in 1988. Directed by Michael Lehman, written by Daniel Waters. Our film begins with a surreal depiction of three teenage girls dressed in peppy color-coordinated fashion, hitting a croquet ball at the head of another teenage girl whose body is buried in the grass. 17-year-old Veronica Sawyer, played by Winona Ryder, is one of the most popular girls at Westerberg High School in Sherwood, Ohio. In addition to Veronica, the popular clique consists of three wealthy and beautiful girls with the same first name. The leader, Heather Chandler, played by Kim Walker, the bookish bulimic Heather Duke, played by Shannon Doherty, and the weak-willed cheerleader Heather McNamara, played by Lisanne Falk. Though they are the most popular students, the Heathers are feared and hated. 
Veronica has had enough of their behavior and longs to return to her old life and her nerdy friends. In the cafeteria at lunch, Heather Chandler demands that Veronica, who has a talent for imitating handwriting, write a fake love letter from popular jock Kurt Kelly to plus-size loner Martha Dunstock. Heather McNamara sneakily slips the letter onto Martha's lunch tray. In the meantime, Heather Chandler and Veronica peruse the cafeteria, conducting a lunchtime poll. After sharing a nostalgic moment with her geeky childhood friend Betty Finn, Veronica insists they ask the poll to more than just the popular rich kids. Heather Chandler becomes irritated with Veronica, as she wants to brush up on her conversation skills before she and Veronica attend a college party at Remington University that night. Martha eventually reads the note and approaches Kurt, who laughs in her face along with his best friend Ram Sweeney. Veronica, visibly ashamed for what she's done, is accosted by Heather Chandler, who tells her that she used to have a sense of humor. As the Heathers and Veronica freshen up in the restroom, Heather Duke requires Veronica's help to purge her lunch into the toilet, to which Chandler shames her since bulimia is so 87. When a new student, a rebellious outsider named Jason J.D. Dean, played by Christian Slater, locks eyes with Veronica, she's instantly attracted to him and introduces herself. When Kurt and Ram decide to bully JD, he pulls out a gun and fires blanks at them. Veronica finds herself fascinated with him, much to the Heather's dismay. Okay, so right off the bat, we get that song. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not bad to say. So, Que Sera, Que Sera, it's a very famous song, uh, originally sung by Doris yeah. Day. You know, just the song in general, it's a song about, you know, to little girls about what they want to be when they're older, and um, which I think is a funny place to start off with this movie, because this movie yeah. is about, you know, how these young girls are corrupted, you know, as they get older, or they can be corrupted by, you know popularity and fame and power and yeah i also saw it as like um kind of like freaky uses this song as well when she when her body shows up but it's the killer soul oh yeah inside of it puberty um it's great to use this song as sort of a backdrop for like a demented tale of uh kids stepping into the complicated world of teenage angst you yeah. know and just all of that. I love yeah. that. And this movie is real angsty. And I, I saw this really interesting video that kind of um, broke down why teen movies had such a uh, a life in the 80s and that it had a lot to do with mall culture because malls were becoming really popular with teenagers. Oh. And since movie theaters were predominantly at malls, they had to have something to entertain all the teenagers that hang, hung out at the mall. So that's why teen movies started becoming really popular in the 80s. And that's why we got, you know, the Breakfast Clubs and the Pretty in Pinks and John Hughes movies. And um, But this movie in particular, like, took that teen movie thing and, like, turned it really dark. And um, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's what's made this movie sort of stand out from the pack, at least to me, is that it is, like, a teen movie with, like, really really adult high stakes yes yeah absolutely and um when we meet the heathers for the first time or see the heathers for the first time they're playing a croquet and i was thinking why croquet and then i was like okay well it's kind of a game where you take out your opponents yeah so that kind of makes sense but i also thought maybe this was like a queen of hearts reference especially with like oh, even the sure. way the garden is groomed 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think like, so. Like, these temperamental divas. Yeah, and I think that croquet is such like a, it's like a stuffy little game. It's like, we, we associate it with, oh, you play croquet. It's like elite, you know. Dost thou play croquet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like, like only elite people know how to play croquet. <laughs> or like the people in power. Right. And Not power, cricket. but you know. Yeah. That's kind of how I also thought of it too, but you're right. It's, I, a very I, it's white probably like a game that you know you take your opponent out, and that makes sense, you know, in the context of this film, which is about these yes. girls sort of taking each other out in order to rise to power. Yes, the fame, the glory, which and and honestly, even just you describing that makes me think of one of the movies that um, is inspired by this, which is Jawbreaker, mm. which we have an episode on. So go back and listen to that if you have not. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's very that. And even like Mean Girls, like I feel like when yeah. we first introduced to Heather Chandler, you can obviously her major influence on the ideal mean girl stereotype, including Regina George, because yeah. they're always making it a mission to like teach people a lesson. Exactly. Yeah. They have this like, it's like, yeah, they're complex. They're like power complex is about, yeah. Letting people know that they're smaller than they are reminding them that they have power. Uh, it, it, yeah. So definitely like the Regina George and the Heather Chandler's they, they have this Chanel's and yeah, the yeah. Chanel's and all these all these mean girls. It's like their their biggest weapon, I guess, is their ability to make people feel stupid and small. The Ashleys from Recess. Oh my god! <laughs> oh yes, classic. The Ashleys. I love that um, Heather McNamara is the Dion of Heather's because she is played by Lisanne Falk, who was hella old to be a play <laughs> high school. I know, yeah, she she apparently lied. I mean, she was like 23, but compared to like Winona, I thought who she was, was 27. I thought she was 37. I thought she was Lisa Kudrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, um, she has, hey, you know what? I can't fault her. You gotta do what you gotta do to get the part, right? And in this first <laughs> scene, apparently she's wearing a wig, and compared to how beautiful her hair is the rest of the movie... I could see, like, that this is a wig, because it is atrocious. Thank God it's only in this first little surreal moment. It looks like Heather's... It looks like Heather from Rock of Love. Yeah. It looks like (laughs) somebody fucking... She almost looks like she has, like, one of those, like, sponge loofahs on her head or something. Or, like, she, like, was literally electrocuted. I'm like, whoa, this wig sucks. Yeah, it is pretty awful. It's like, if I were the king (laughs) of the (laughs) world. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And what we notice about these girls in the beginning is that they're all color coordinated. There's like a, speci- a uh, specificity to the colors that they're wearing to who they are. We got we got red, power, sexy, powerful. Sex. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then and we then, have yellow. Yellow. Kind happy of go lucky. Timid. Kind of cow. I, I watched a video. I can't take full credit, but they said that. Um, that the color yellow can sometimes uh, represent cowardice. And ah. I was like, oh, all right. That's sure. why they had her hair like this. Yeah, so the cowardly She's the cowardly lion. lion. <laughs> Whoa, that just blew my mind. Is that because I'm high? Probably. And then Heather Duke, green with envy. She wants to be the, the leader, but uh, she's constantly knocked down by Heather Chandler. <laughs> and Veronica Sawyer, blue. Um, yeah. 
I think that was the Triceratops. <laughs> yeah, the Triceratops. Yeah, that was. Um, <laughs> they're definitely correlated there. Definitely like uh, the angst, the sadness, the the teenage yeah, I'm, depression, I'm blue, sort of. Yeah, but also like our yeah. our protagonists. I feel like protagonists and good guys are usually like shown to be blue. Is that weird? Is that you mean, mean like cops? Oh my! <laughs> oh Let's my move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. And then you have Brown with Miss um, Betty Finn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Betty Finn. I didn't even... What's this? She's an Estevez. That girl's an Estevez, right? Renee Estevez. She is horror royalty. Yeah, Sleepaway Camp 2. um, The final girl in Sleepaway Camp 2. Well, until she dies at the end. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so... Yeah. Final-ish girl. Um, Yeah. Do you know she only has two minutes of screen time in this entire movie? If you count it. It's this scene and the scene in the backyard later in the movie. Oh, but you know what? She made an impression on me. But if you want to hear our thoughts on Sleepaway Camp 2, we do have that as yes. well in our repertoire. In our repertoire. Repertoire. <laughs> repertoire. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this movie starts off with Veronica already having been part of the Heathers. And I think that's a really interesting way to start. Like, we don't yeah. ever really get to see her origins. We sort of see her at the end right. of her her life with the Heathers. We never got to see how she started, any of the middle that were maybe good times or what. But when we when we start our journey with Veronica, she's like over it. Which is so different than say something like Mean Girls, which follows such like a, a normal character yeah. where we see before, middle, after. You know, we're already at the end with Veronica. Yeah. But also I feel like this is the beginning because she's still sort of being hazed. Sure. Like when the, they talk about going to Remington for the party and she's like this is your one chance girl below it. And it's keggers with kids kids. all next year. Yeah, that's true. She, I guess, so maybe this is the beginning. So it's the beginning and the end. I think she's already over it. She's already over it. How did she get popular so fast? Yeah. I don't know that it makes total, total sense, but it seems like they came from middle school and maybe, but maybe this is also how Heather Chandler keeps her down by making her feel like she's still earning her. She's key. always, she's always, no matter how long she's in it. I feel like stand your toes, ho. Yeah, and I wonder <laughs> why. Like, why is Veronica even in this group? Why? Sorry, I know why she's in it. I've at least figured it out for myself. But why do that oh. Heather? Why do the Heathers want Veronica in the group? I'm like, do they just use her for her like? For They're her skills? just mindless. It's a mindless army of skanks. Mm, okay, that's true. I was like, you know, she she right. does, and it, she does have like the ability to like copy handwriting and things like that. And she's very smart, which none of them necessarily are, I guess. No. Um, and so maybe she, she just possesses like the last thing that they're lacking, which is like intelligence. And um, but I feel like they do kind of use her in a way. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I forgot where I was going with this. I had a, I had a point. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well. I love when they start taking this lunchtime poll and they go up to the rich snobby kids, which you're thinking you're watching them, right? So this must be their people. And they're like, oh God, Heather's coming over here. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they can't even stand her. Yeah, exactly. It's, I feel like the Heathers exists on a different plane than even the popular kids. Like they even keep the popular rich kids down they, they all fear her and i love when <laughs> when she walks up and she goes hi courtney love your cardigan <laughs> yeah 
thanks. I got it at the limited last night. Totally blew my allowance. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love these like 80s like references, like the limited. Yes, I know. Uh, okay, so let's, what say you? If uh, you got a check for a million dollars and then all of a sudden aliens, aliens came and destroyed the earth, what would you do? Um, I would probably pull a Betty Finn. I'd put all the money for an end of the world get together. <laughs> That's what I would do too. I was like, Miss Finn has it figured out. Yeah, exactly. We'll bring yeah. the, we'll bring the fun to Miss Miss Betty Finn's party because you know that's gonna be boring. What movie was that that we were watching that I saw? Oh, uh, Greenland. Have you ever seen this movie with um, Gerard? Yeah. There's like these people that are just like partying because like the world's ending, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Why not? It's like the Purge too. You know, like when they're yeah. out there partying in the street. That'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the stabbing starts happening. Ah! Yeah, my God. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, you might as well go out having a good time, I will say. Oh, I remember my point. Oh. My point from earlier was that they use her because one of the main ways that these kids kind of interact with each other and, like, clown each other and, like, keep each other down is through pranks. And I feel like Veronica's a good asset for... She has the like, brains for it. Yes, exactly. Or she has the capability of writing these notes that can, that can you know, be a great prank because, you know, and it won't be traced back to us because it looks like they're handwriting and, you know, we can humiliate these people um, using Veronica's skills. That was my point from earlier. Anyway, keep going. Yes. Martha Dumptruck. <laughs> Shit, Heather. I have nothing against Martha Dunstock. You have nothing for her either. When Veronica's like, let's talk to other people. I was like, not the kids smoking bongs in the hallway. Oh my God, <laughs> I know. And, I, and I'm, like, it, I'm like, what is the point of this lunchtime poll? Does Heather run at the newspaper? Like, what does she do that she needs this poll? She does this for fun just to fuck with people? They're part of the newspaper, yeah, because we see it later. She's like, do you guys have lunch this week's lunchtime poll? Oh, so oh, so Heather Chandler was on the newspaper. Yeah. Oh, that's my guess. Because yeah. she's probably trying to be like a young Diane Sawyer, Barbara Walters. Was that bitch around eighty exactly. eight? They're so old, probably. That's what I was thinking of. I'm like Barbara Walters clearly was Jane Polly. Yeah, Jane Polly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They sound old. Oh my god, I love how enormous Heather Chandler's shoulder pads are. The shoulder pad game in this movie is They're top so notch. over the top. This was like, okay, Dynasty, like people were still trying to obtain that look from Dynasty. Yes. But like making it like young. So yeah. then they just look like old ladies with young faces. I know. <laughs> it's so great. She doesn't even look like she can move. She looks like she's wearing like football pads. <laughs> she has this tiny head and these big ass shoulders. <laughs> Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. She looks like she's hiding it across her <laughs> shoulders. <laughs> the fucking chainsaw. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but I guess but I guess it was like, it's a way to show that they maybe thought that they were more mature or they're like emulating right. these like powerful business women because there's no way that this was like young people style no this is like clueless for me where it's like yeah. that's not how they were dressing but that's how Cher dressed right exactly you know? or like the idea yeah. that you would wear heels to high school like it's that sort of thing that we see in movies now it's like Oh, no, there was a girl at my school who literally dressed and looked like Red Oyster from Flavor of Love. <laughs> and she literally showed up to school in, like, 
red dresses and like strappy high heels. I'm like, bitch, are you coming to class? Or are you going to prom? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I I think it's so ridiculous. What girl's going to wear heels to high school? Yeah. Mm. Euphoria high. Oh my God. I, I saw this girl the other day at, at uh, my job at my, at my restaurant who literally was just Maddie Perez cosplay. She had like the baby hairs and like this long ass fucking clip on wig. Clip on. Yeah. It was crazy. I was like, not Maddie And jewels around her eyelids. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The jewels. The jujus. Oh my god. Okay, so there is a very serious, like, aspect to this movie that makes it really dark. Kind of how you were saying in the beginning. Yeah. Where it it takes a lighthearted teen movie, but then it really puts all these serious things in it. Like, eating disorders and the thought of teenage suicide. And it... And murder. And just, like, psycho teenagers. And being gay. Ew, homosexuals. I can't even believe we're doing this movie with them in it but yes it takes those and it kind of like puts them under the like these are what kids are actually dealing with and at times it does get pretty dark by the time dump truck is like throwing herself in front of trucks it's like okay this is getting serious right of course and that's a turning point where it's like okay this is i mean it's already out of hand but now it's like really gotten out of hand Um, so we, we meet a few more characters before we, uh, you know, get to the real dark shit, which is with like Ram and what's, what's the other one? Kurt Kelly and Ram Kurt Sweeney. Kelly and Ram Sweeney. These 35 year old men who have infiltrated this high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're honestly, so old. They could get it. <laughs> I don't know about Ram, but Kurt can hit it from the back. <laughs> of course, they're like, you know, stereotypical stupid jocks. Um, right. I love when Ram says that he would use his $5 million to have Madonna sit on his face. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, they're funny up until they laugh in poor Miss Martha's face. Yeah, fuck them. I know. So they concoct this plan where they, where Heather Chandler for no reason wants Veronica to write this like fucked up love letter to her just to humiliate her for no reason. But no I think that Martha Dumptruck is sort of, oh, oh, sorry, Dunstock is kind of aware of, like, who she is in the hierarchy of high school. So I'm yeah. surprised that she got her... Me too! ...her ass up and even confronted him about this letter. That's what I said. I said, literally in my notes, I'm like, Martha has balls. <laughs> I was like, she yeah. never just walked right up and said, you gave this to me? What are we doing? I know, this is so sad, though, because then they, like, laugh right in her face and... You oh, know, humiliate the poor thing. This was the point I was trying to make earlier when you remembered the point that you were trying to remember earlier. Um, oh is, my it, God. is it crazy to see Winona Ryder and Christian Slater in this movie? Because I'm like, this movie doesn't look like it was like high budget, stellar success. Like, you know, it's uh, yeah, not I mean, Ferris Bueller's it's, Day Off, it's Heather's. <laughs> yeah, it's like relatively low budget, but I, they really wanted to be in this movie. Well, I know Winona specifically okay. did. She did when nobody else wanted to be in this movie. Like, people were passed up, or people passed on it left and right. Like, they were like, not. Like, Jennifer Connelly was originally supposed to play Heather. Or, sorry, not Heather. Veronica. But she turned that. it down because cause of the dark content they were all turning it down because there was so much dark content right heather graham was originally cast as miss heather mcnamara no sorry she was originally cast as heather chandler maybe but then they decided to make her heather mcnamara and then she dropped out 
I think her parents made or somebody made her drop out because the material was too dark. So she's gone. Brad Pitt tried to be in the movie, but they didn't cast him as JD because they said he came across as too nice. Oh, <laughs> that's not a compliment. No, uh, no, no. But he would have been but, way more fine than Christian Slater. But Christian Slater, I think, kind of looks good to me in this movie. <sighs> you don't think so? His aesthetic. Not his aesthetic. You love that word. (laughs) I mean, he's like full on doing this like Jack Nicholson impersonation in this movie, which is the eyebrows and all. Yeah. Yeah, and he's talking like this the whole movie. Oh, my sax and some Bach. Yeah, yeah. He's like doing this Jack Nicholson thing, which is, I don't know, it's great. Apparently, he tried to get Jack Nicholson to watch the movie because he's so proud of his performance, but. Oh. I'm sure Jack Nicholson said, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But so then I think the real. So, okay. If you said the bulimia was the first dark moment, the second darkest moment is when he pulls out a gun. That is a shocking image. I wrote that. The image of JD with a gun in the cafeteria strikes so many chords this day and age. Yeah. Like, oh my sus- gosh. They're like, he won't be expelled, maybe just suspended for a week. I'm like, no, <laughs> jail time. Your ass is yeah. in prison for that shit. They now. should throw his ass in jail. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she says that. <laughs> oh my God. Ms. Kim, I kind of like the fact that Veronica. Is, is like confident in her attraction to JD. Yeah. I like I like that she's not afraid to walk up to him and introduce herself and she's like sets her mind on him and she's like that's the guy that I want to date. I kind of like that about her character. She's not like she's very forward. Of, she doesn't beat around yeah. any bush. Yeah, and I'm like is that something that she's learned from the Heathers? Is she learning from them simultaneously? Take control, take power. Yeah. Absolutely. Veronica and Heather Chandler stop on their way to the frat party at a local convenience store, the Snappy Snack Shack. Veronica happens to run into J.D. where they flirt, and J.D. confesses that his family has moved around a lot, forcing him to be self-reliant. Likewise, Veronica confesses that she doesn't like the Heathers and views her friendship with them and her popularity as more of a job. At the frat party, Heather and Veronica split up. Heather finds herself being pressured into giving a frat boy oral sex, while Veronica refuses to have sex and throws up on Heather's feet. Heather and Veronica argue with each other outside as Heather takes credit for Veronica's rise to popularity. You stupid fuck. You goddamn bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Heather vows to destroy her reputation. As Veronica furiously journals about wishing she lived in a world without Heather, JD shows up at Veronica's bedroom window, and they end up having sex outside, after which Veronica tells JD she wants to make Heather puke her guts out. The next morning, Veronica and JD break into Heather's house. Veronica and JD rifle through the kitchen looking for a concoction to serve the sleeping Heather. JD insists on liquid drain cleaner, but Veronica laughs it off, assuming he's being funny. When Veronica accidentally grabs the mug JD poured with the liquid drainer in it, they serve it to Heather, claiming it is a hangover cure. Heather refuses onto their prank, but JD challenges her by calling her chicken. Heather drinks the mug and immediately falls through a glass coffee table to her death. Panicked that her life is over, Veronica is convinced by JD to forge a dramatic suicide note in Heather's handwriting. 
The note expresses that nobody really understood the pressure of being her. Oh my God. Same. <laughs> I know. You know, it's been so hard being the most popular girl in school. So I know. I it's always really hard for me too. So. Yeah, I know. Nobody ever understood. It takes a lot to look this good. I know. I love these layers of these girls. Like, Veronica is so, like, anti-Heather. I can't even believe that she hangs out with them. But I know. she has that great line where she runs into JD at the snack store. And she's like, I don't really like my friends. It's like, ugh. That's <laughs> so like, I don't really like your friends funny. either. <laughs> yeah. Like, this, this, okay, this is kind of like the first scene. Well, that's not true. From the very t- tippity top of this movie. This is where I'm like, okay... The storyline is kind of bumpy. Like, it doesn't really flow its way through mm. to the end. It's a yeah. jagged ride to get there. And For I sure. think it's because instead of creating dialogue that reveals the story, unfolds the story, they really focused on having these characters deliver zingy one-liners. Oh, for sure. Every left left and right, we're getting, like, iconic sound line. Bite. Iconic line. Yeah, sound yes. bite. But none of it really helps perpetuate the the storytelling. I think that's why we don't know what the relationship is between Veronica and the Heathers prior to the movie starting. There's just because they didn't focus on that. They focused on right. what is the most iconic bitchy thing that these two can say to each other during this moment. And they and they definitely like do create a language for this movie. I mean, and I think it establishes yeah. them as like almost like using these adult phrases not well like again them trying to portray that they're older and mature when they're really not they're still teenagers so they're like using these almost like a blender of every intense mean thing that they've ever heard right and they like try to throw it at each other into where it sounds awkward you know can you imagine being a heather or like a kardashian jenner yes where like <laughs> yeah i know i am yeah. one i don't i don't um, need to imagine <laughs> where you see your friends more as coworkers like yeah that's bizarre isn't that weird and i and i and i was kind of wondering this and i kind of want to get to it later but it's in the section whatever um i'm like why like is the reason why veronica hangs out with the heathers because she explains later to jd after they have sex and they're laying there and she's like you know i'm supposed to be this like genius with this high IQ and you know they wanted to move her grade move her up early in her in grades like okay um so I wonder if it's like she's almost like too smart for high school and so high school wasn't challenging for it's her is like is like being Heather's part of almost like a, what she can learn now or like all that she has left to learn like is this a social experiment to Before her? Before she's, she's ready here? for the real world, maybe. Yeah, like she's like she's like fine with academic stuff. That's why she's never really concerned about that. But it's like the my, the real education I'm going to receive is like hanging with these girls to know what their life is like. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like I, I was I was trying to like figure that out. Maybe like why why Veron- that was my, when I said like I think I figured out why that's my theory have I figured it out no I figured but. it out no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good theory though that's pretty solid like it makes sense like she's gonna instead of becoming like the class clown or something like that like somebody hella distracting she's more like yeah. let me get involved with the yeah most, almost like it, the how yeah. did why are these girls so 
important. How, they, like, how are they, they so popular? So how are they so this? And then she got into it too deep, you know. Yeah. Or she saw, she saw that it's actually like this like evil thing. This. She didn't realize that she was going to be like under the control of like another girl. Yes, exactly. So she was like almost like teaching herself something, and then she let it get out of hand. Yeah, that's. I kind of like that idea more than her. Mm. Just like. I want to be popular because I don't feel like she ever like she doesn't seem like the kind of character who like longed for popularity yeah she seems sort of dragged into it yeah she seems kind of yeah and she views it as a job or or like almost like a a homework assignment or something yeah exactly so maybe it is her version of a social experiment it it has to be that's what I think it is but then she's into into it too deep where she can't get out or she sort of becomes like Lindsay Lohan in Mean Girls, where yeah, Katie Heron, where it's like, okay, we're gonna do this as, as like a fun little game, and then it becomes yeah. like her reality, right? Like, exactly. Oh, God, yeah, exactly. yeah. This Remington yeah. party is really interesting because Heather Chandler, the power dynamic switch. So then we see who's putting up a front and who isn't because. Heather Chandler is very vulnerable when she's with her boyfriend. She's scared. She's not ready to get sexual with her boyfriend. And then she's kind of like the thing, the synopsis says, coerced into giving him a a blowy. A blowy. It's the one time where we see her not in control of herself. And then by the time she gets to the bathroom and she spits in the mirror, it's kind of sad. Yeah, because she's like... Like, does Heather Chandler actually, like, hate herself? Is she, She's like... disgusted with herself. Yeah, that, but... But she also knows what she has to do to maintain her power. And that, unfortunately, has to do with... Sexual advances. Know, sec- yeah, accepting sexual advances, even if she doesn't want them. So, yeah, I think there is something about her being disgusted with herself and spitting at herself in the mirror that's, like, really kind of dark and deep. Yeah, profound, profound, and also just like pretty vulnerable Sad. for her. And I and I read the, and I yeah. watched the style kind of breakdown of their outfits and stuff, and I thought it was really interesting that they said when she's the most vulnerable, she doesn't have a red scrunchie in, and this is what and when she gets coerced into giving the blowjob, oh. she don't have that red scrunchie in her protection, her armor, the thing that makes her powerful, her crown. Yeah, her, her her crown. Yeah, enormous red scrunchie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then we see on the other end, we see Veronica really sticking to her to her morals and. Oh um, yeah, she's like, "You're absolutely not sleeping with me, and you don't even deserve my speech my that I have to speech. people who do that." Yeah, yeah, and the, that's I think causes the friction between these two characters because their fight yeah. is so weird because it almost seems like because Veronica had the courage to stand up for herself and Heather didn't, it's like Heather's jealous or mad that, well, for one that Veronica didn't sink sink down to her level, but at the same time I think that at school she's able to keep her on such a leash, but in the real yeah. world Heather Chandler is actually still a little girl, but Veronica has more of the smarts to. To make it, yeah, with the yeah, big to dolls. stand up for herself. Yeah, their their fight is really interesting. So I'm like, what is she actually mad at? Is she mad that yeah? Because what we what it looks like is like she's mad because she throws up on on the floor on her feet or like by her feet or something. Right. But I think that makes more sense that she's like that she's somehow because she turned this guy down, they're gonna look bad. Yeah, because she had the well, and also because she had the courage to turn the guy down, and she didn't. 
But yeah. now it's almost maybe seems like she has to put her back on the leash. Like, yeah, okay. exactly. Like and she, and threatens she's her. She's not going to be the bigger rep- person. <laughs> right. And threatens her reputation. It was like, I made you. I can easily break you. Pretty much is what she says. But some really iconic lines. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up. I got paid in puke. Oh, oh, speaking of the red scrunchie, I love the theatrics of the Heather's color runs through their entire life. Like even oh, yeah. her house is red. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like if we need to know whose house is what, like the the, walls the set design, are the, yeah, yeah, everything's gonna point to. Because we do have a confusing concept here. We have three characters of the same name. Like, how do we right. differentiate them from each other? Red and Heather. So I, yeah. Red Heather, yellow leather. <laughs> red, <laughs> that famous warm up. Red Heather, yellow Heather. Red Heather, yellow leather. Oh, my, oh my God. Gosh. So, so then, but then we do end up seeing Veronica. I mean, I guess her morals wasn't that she was like trying to be, you know, be a virgin. It was just that she wasn't into that guy and she didn't want to just have sex with some random dude because in a couple of minutes, she. She goes and has sex with JD. In a couple of minutes, we see her panties hanging from the croquet mallet. <laughs> okay. I'm like, she's not afraid that her parents in, the, in their second story bedroom are just going to look out the window and I see know. her white ass fucking glowing in the <laughs> moonlight. Nut but as nut as bacon. Nut as bacon. Yeah. Oh my god. And then she tells she confides in him about the Heathers and this just springs to life a crazy fucking idea uh, a plan that JD comes up with where Veronica plays along but we'll get into it but he's crazy. Starting with this whole thing at Heather's house trying to give her Drano yeah hello red flag number one she's like she would never drink something that looks like that. <laughs> it's all bright blue it's all blue to be honest i probably would i drink baja blast i literally i was like what that looks delicious <laughs> <laughs> do you remember those sque- those squeeze tube candies that were like oh yeah 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 like, yeah, yeah yeah you just like the I fucking love- syrup <laughs> Yes, I love that shit. I probably see. I probably would have fallen for this. Well, I used to love Pepsi Blue. Do you remember Pepsi Blue? Oh yeah, or like those Mountain Dew, like high voltage, or it's like bright blue. Oh yeah, I buy that for the color so that people can see me drinking blue drink. Oh, Surge. Yeah, it was like bright green, right? Yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe we. Yeah, our parents let us consume that stuff. I know. They say that blue is like the worst color that you can eat or drink because it's completely artificial. Anyway, I would drink it. But I love that Heather Chandler, she was right. Heather Chandler, I'm not going to drink that piss. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I'm just so, yeah, shocked that Veronica wouldn't see this as like, an incredible red flag. She decides to but sort of also, stick with JD. I feel like okay. So she poured a glass or a, a mug of cup of. <laughs> she poured a mug of milk and orange juice. It was completely creamy white in an uncovered mug. He put like bright blue liquid <laughs> drainer into a white mug. And then covered it with a top. (laughs) 
Yeah, but she was. And yeah, but she, she, as she's making out with him, she accidentally grabs the covered mug. That makes no. She did it on purpose, and then I mean, played it, it she might. Like, <sighs> I mean, maybe what? she did. I mean. Be, JD kind of tries to get into her head later in the movie after all this shit has gone down. And he's like, secretly, deep down, you wanted this. And she's like, no, I didn't. But honestly, maybe she did. Maybe I she, think she subconsciously, did subconsciously did it. But also, if she's as smart as you're saying, where being in the Heathers is a social experiment to her, how do we know this isn't an experiment? How <gasps> far can she seduce a man into committing murder for her to the point where it looks like where she committed it, but it looks like he manipulated the situation. But it's actually her manipulating him. It's just seeming like he's manipulating her. Oh my god! The Wait. things you can't unlock by being all the thing, all the things you can think, all the um, all the places you'll go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy! Wow, we just probably brought up a whole new theory for you. Heather heads out there. <laughs> oh God, that's a good one. That's a, I, I, I'm honestly impressed. I'm also impressed that they kill off what seems like the main character. Yeah, Th- this is uh, Janet Lee. This is a psycho moment. Yeah, I know, Miss Kim. She's out of here. I love her acting. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> her acting. Uh, 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 Cornets. Uh, it sounds like um. PJ Souls in Halloween. This is a horror movie. <laughs> it was like Tyra Banks' death that was cut <laughs> from Halloween Resurrection. Sweaty, sweaty, pretty. Yeah, yeah. But she goes crashing through that glass. That glass table. That's table. an impressive stunt. That for is this that, little, man, little that movie. man with that wig to just. <laughs> like, a, like a professional wrestler. <laughs> yeah, like somebody choke slammed her through it. I thought it was Marlon Wayne and some white chicks. Mama. <laughs> this is when the movie obviously takes a very dark turn because now oh. murder has happened. I just killed my best friend. And your worst enemy. My, yeah. Be different. I'm going to have to send my SAT scores to San Quentin instead of. Stanford. Stanford. Uh, (laughs) I like when she says same difference. Uh, Did you used to say that? Yeah, same difference. I used to say that was part of my regular vocabulary. Yeah, when did that fade out? Same difference. Same difference. (laughs) Same same difference. (laughs) (laughs) They realize that they can use uh, Veronica's superpower of being able to (laughs) write in other people's handwriting to fake the suicide note and honestly what would you do i would hope both of us would do the right thing which is leave her there ourselves in oh (laughs) (laughs) if indeed veronica did this unintentionally that would suck and so i would i feel for her and i understand why she'd want to cover it up i don't know she has a bright future outside of the Heathers. This is like that meme with that la- from that old movie where that lady is standing over the guy and he's sleeping and she slaps him and he wakes up like like he can't believe what's happened and she goes, "Oh my god, honey, are you okay?" It's that. Is that what this is like? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that because oh, okay. like I think she did it on purpose and then he's oh. like, "Yep, we did it." I, I I knew the whole time because we sort of see it from the audience's perspective of like okay he yeah. he knew that she grabbed the yeah the that's drain, true it, the he knew so he's already a, an instopper 
And then she's yeah, like, he's... oh my God, I'm going to have to send my SAT scores to San Quentin. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Is she lying? Is she? Is she? Is she... She's she might a liar. be evil. She might be evil. I think she's evil. Some really great dialogue here. The use of the word myriad is really funny. How they, oh yeah, how she tries to use it or he wants to use it, and she's like, she would never use that word. She missed on the vocab test last week. I was like, oh my god, remember vocab tests? Yeah. To, <laughs> to this day, I feel like it's vocab tests are still the reason why I know the word nonchalant. Oh my god, that's amazing. You know what mine is? That is totally like I think of it written on the whiteboard. What? Juxtaposition. Oh, oh yeah, I think I remember learning that word too. Yeah. In English. I love using that word on the show. If you yeah. I've used it several times. This bitch getting murdered in juxtaposition with like the beautiful <laughs> background. Iconic. Uh, iconic. This that is. I'm a amazing. <laughs> <laughs> And then they write this note, and the way they sort of make her sound profound is both brilliant and stupid at the same time, because obviously we know that she wouldn't, but there is something to say about when people are, like, giving their last whatever, how they try to make it profound as possible. Oh, yeah, that, they leave that, that would be, notes. That that would be believable for this to happen. Like, oh, yeah, maybe this isn't how she normally talks, but, you know, it's the last thing she's ever going to write. Obviously, it's going to sound profound. That will be- will convince ourselves of anything that you know. Well, that brings me to a point that I was going to make later, but it, here it is: it's um, that these. Oh my god! Don't fail me now, brain. Is. Oh yes, it's it's that a thing about in Jawbreaker, like people will believe anything because it's the corruption of the teenage dream or like the perfect, the perfect yeah. life. It's a corruption of that. So they'll believe it because it's their worst nightmare. Exactly. Exactly. The young, yeah, beautiful so- blonde girl who had the, her bright future ahead of her ha- dead uh, uh, to, to, to suicide. She was secretly troubled. Yeah. This idea that like we never knew the real her all along and that we we misjudged her, which is, you know, obviously not the truth, but we'll convince ourselves of that. In order to, I don't know, uplift the dead or like... But also absor- make her, somebody who put themselves so highly above everyone else, make it mm. feel more, make her feel more grounded. I think yeah. people like the idea of their celebrity, their, you know, fame celebrities that they worship being just like us. Like, they're right. not exactly. just like us. They're like a whole different level of exactly. human. And it also gives everybody a chance to make the situation about them. So- oh, I love that. Why don't we get into that? Yeah. (laughs) The schooling community look on Heather's apparent suicide as a tragic decision made by a popular but troubled teenager. Heather McNamara and Heather Duke seem unaffected, although Heather Duke's bulimia is cured, while Veronica struggles with her guilt. In class, hippie teacher Miss Fleming insists on getting the students to confront their feelings on the suicide. Most students revise history and absolve Heather Chandler of all her wrongdoings since her suicide shows she was obviously dealing with her own problems. Veronica and JD watch on as Heather Chandler becomes more popular than ever. They even notice Heather Duke, who was continuously bullied by Heather Chandler, appearing on multiple news stations claiming they were as close as sisters. Veronica is introduced to JD's father, who is a sadistic man who draws joy from his work demolishing buildings and putting their tenants on the street. The next day is Heather Chandler's open casket funeral, in which most students attend. 
As they pay their respects over her body, Heather Duke rejoices on the inside as she has prayed for Heather Chandler's death many times. Veronica prays for her school to be a nice place. After the funeral, Heather McNamara asks Veronica to go on a double date with her and Kurt and Ram. Veronica initially refuses because of JD, but is convinced by Heather's pleas. After the girls are taken cow-tipping by Kurt and Ram, Veronica is rescued by JD, who whisks her away. The next day, Veronica is informed about a rumor spread by Kurt and Ram that she gave both of them oral sex the night before. To seek revenge, Veronica and JD concoct a plan to bring Kurt and Ram into the woods to make the rumor truth, and then shoot them with German tranquilizer bullets and leave them unconscious, surrounded by homosexual artifacts that will pin them as gay lovers, ruining their reputation as hyper-masculine jocks. Everything is going according to plan, until Veronica realizes the bullets are real after JD shoots and kills Ram and chases Kurt through the woods, leading a panicked Veronica to shoot him too. They are not German tranquilizer bullets like JD had told her. Two policemen hear the gunshots and discover the dead jocks and their suicide note written by Veronica. I love this first um, part with the teachers deciding if they should take a half day or oh, yeah. what they should do. Yeah, these teachers are, are very desensitized. They're like, we've seen it all at this point. These kids are nuts. Exactly. Yeah, they, they kind of are really unaffected and unfeeling towards the whole situation. It's it's all just business to them. Like, oh, okay, now we have a suicide. How do we handle this? They're but like, we can't yeah, we let- could have, if it were had, had the Heather the cheerleader, we could have taken the whole day off. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> I would have gone half a day for, for a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that it's, that it's all still business and that a kid killing themselves is just another thing that they deal with here. Well, we'll I love determine that. whether we get a day off or an assembly or... That know, point but. that you brought up before we started reading this section, which was that people turn that issue of Heather's suicide into a story about themselves. Oh, yeah. I've seen this happen in real time. I went to... Uh, school with I was in 8th grade and this girl was in 7th grade and over the summer break she took off with some guy and ended up staying in a trailer with him burnt candles and the candles burned down the trailer she was in and she died and oh my god the next year when we got into high school this girl in our grade said that she was best friends with her and I guess she actually was but she made the whole situation about her for the rest of the school year oh my god yeah that happens I think people want to feel they want to feel close to the action they want to feel just as important yes. you know like they, they were somehow involved just because they knew this person Oh my god. The, yeah, she like, sits oh next my to me in English. <laughs> yeah, this affects me too. And um, we see that a lot in the scene where this classroom scene where these kids are kind of telling their interpretations of it. And they're like, yeah, Heather Chandler bullied me. But, you know, it wasn't because I'm weird. It's because She's she was weird. unhappy. Yeah, she was unhappy with her life. And, exactly. you know, it, it sort of rids her of all blame for anything her she's ever done. Her soul is blessed. Yeah, she becomes a saint. She's become a martyr in a way. A saint. But she's the fucking Mother Teresa of Westerberg High. Which is not true. She was a bitch till the day she dies. I love... <laughs> I love when JD and Veronica are flipping through the channels and Heather, Heather Duke is on there. Heather Duke. She's like, we were like the same size, so we would share clothes and then like turn it. And then they turn to the next channel and someone else is being interviewed. And then she comes back on. Just, yeah. 
yeah, we liked all the same clothes. We were like, <laughs> we were like sisters. <laughs> I know. I think that, that part is so funny. <laughs> She's like, how many stations did you run to, Heather? <laughs> I love it. Um, there's some good lines in the section. My favorite line, maybe in the whole movie, is when Heather McNamara goes, oh, her, Heather Swatch. Swatch. Veronica, she'd want you to have it. She always said you couldn't accessorize for shit. <laughs> you always say that. Yes. So I remember good. you saying that's your favorite quote from this movie. And I it's think so about you funny. every time I watch this. And it's she so hands funny. that I watch this watch to her. I love it because it's like a compliment, but also a dig at the same and time. And she's being so genuine about she's it. She's so sin- sincere about she it. She always she's said like, you couldn't accessorize for shit. <laughs> <laughs> like she was like being kind to Veronica, but also she just said this like obviously insulting thing yeah. to her. I just, that's a very brilliantly written line to me. So yeah, so then we meet JD's dad in this scene uh, and I feel like maybe... I hate their dynamic. Yeah, and I think that this gives us a lot of insight into who JD is because his dad's obviously a psycho and very you know, strange. Like, like White father, privilege like fucks. Yeah. Well, yeah, and he's like, he's a what's the word a, a masochist is that what it is or a sadist or something sadist, he, yeah he, he's like he enjoys this idea of like blowing things up and you know causing destruction and chaos and doesn't care that these people are like this is our building and he's like yeah well we won and we got those fucks out of that building i think that being jd's major influence within his immediate family since his mother is mysteriously dead um gives a lot of insight into who JD is and turns out to be because they, I feel like they share a lot of similar sadistic qualities. Absolutely. And I think that I <laughs> hate the way they talk to each other. Hi, dad. How is work today? Well, oh, son. son. I'm like, I don't like this. Yeah. It's um, also, but I'm like, obviously is like a lack of genuine communication between them. Like they don't even oh, know like how to talk to each other. It's more of an artistic decision to show. <laughs> no, really, to show yeah. that they have a weird, strained relationship in which there is no genuine human connection between the two. Yeah, of there's them. no. There's it's no more hum- of like, I have to take care of you because I put you into this world. Right. Exactly. And the only way that we can communicate is with this backwards way of talking, where it's kind of a joke. The funeral. This has produced some of the most iconic lines. Um, yes, for so me, funny. I love when Heather Duke kneels. Which, oh, by the way, Shannon Doherty's outfit oh, in wait. the funeral oh, scene, stunning, sexy, Stunderella. It was so good, and the that hat. big ass hat. Oh, oh my god, the, the silhouette, the mama, amazing. The yeah, silhouette. she looks amazing in this she scene. She is. A, that this is a shoot. <laughs> yeah, this is a shoot, honey. <laughs> this is a not, shoot. Not for a boot or two. It's a shoot. It's a sh- motherfucking shoot. Um, yes, but I love when she's sitting next to the gray, the, oh, sorry, the open casket. It's just, I used to pray for the death of Heather Chandler several times, but I felt bad. But now I know you understood everything. Praise, Praise Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> and I she's like, like smiling. That is like, that is like the perfect Heather's so moment. moment. It's even like just the the image of it of her smiling next to her open casket is so yeah. great it's um, so it's like dark satire at its best and you know it just works so well 
I also love when Ram goes up there and we hear his thoughts oh, yeah. and he's like, Hail Mary who aren't in heaven, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Hail Mary who aren't in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> like, why'd you have to kill such hot snatch? I'm just joking. It's just, just, just a joke. Yeah. And then I just love like the disrespect, like the kids fighting out on yes. the grass and then Heather McNamara fully dunking her hands into the holy water uh, to fix her hair. Oh, yes. She's like, ah. Veronica, go on a double date with me tonight. (laughs) Yeah, these kids don't give a shit about this. This is it. They don't go to church. They don't know how to to behave in this, like, serious, sad situation. Like, nothing affects them. They're so desensitized. I love that they bring up this idea of going on a double date. And we know now that they live in Ohio. And so she's like, it's not one of those dates where they get all drunk and then go cow tipping, is it? And then she's like, no. And then they end up tipping the cows. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the mud splatters on them. Yes. And Heather McNamara is so, like emotionless <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> <laughs> I know I could you imagine I would be so pissed if somebody tipped over a cow and all the mud flew in my face honestly they did they did miss Veronica of a favor because that jacket was hideous 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 this is a boot <laughs> yeah this is a total boot yeah it's a no for me but yes they got it nice and muddy and then she gets the hell out of here but this scene is considered pretty controversial because while veronica's walking up the hill in the background heather mcnamara is like being attacked she's like being attacked she's like kind of being sexually assaulted or i mean what looks like she's like struggling to get him off of her and she's like full-on being raped yeah and somebody i think who is it i think Winona was like oh yeah I, this has always been my favorite movie because of that scene because it was so dark and it was like willing to go there or some, something along those lines I was like oh my god I was like the, it, it's really shocking and it does kind of like call into question Veronica's character even more like is she absolutely she's just letting these girls that she's just letting this girl who's probably the sweetest of the three yeah just be fully raped by date raped <laughs> yeah or yeah because we don't really get any context like are they like is this playful to them or is she like literally trying to fight him off is she disgusted by him yeah it looks like she's disgusted yeah and they go like we see it like it all happen as veronica's like taking her time walking up that hill so it's pretty it's pretty shocking she finds out that uh, apparently she gave a blowjob to ram and kurt at the same exact time and she finds out in the newspaper class because she's going to get the weekly lunchtime poll by yeah by courtney with the orange skin um (laughs) because they're showing veronica a two-page spread for the yearbook of heather uh uh what do you call those things like a like a a a collage a collage of of uh, a collage of Heather yes. <laughs> pictures of Heather Chandler complete with her suicide note <laughs> <laughs> and, and even Veronica's like I don't know this was a bad taste in my mouth <laughs> and then yeah then she finds out that Ram and Kurt said they had a little sword fight in her mouth the night before I don't know if I'd be mad if somebody started to rumor about me like this. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. 
<laughs> yeah, I'd be like, hell yeah, I did. What'd you do last night? Nothing. As if. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. It's like, I could fit two because they're so small. <laughs> Rumors squashed. Yeah, boom, done. But instead, she runs to JD, who's proven yeah. that he can manipulate a situation. She's pretty vengeful, though. The fact that she's like, she wants to get revenge on these people who, like, try to humiliate her. That's a dark quality to have. She's a narcissistic bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I think she is, because they, anytime her reputation is threatened, she actually goes running to her psychotic boyfriend, who she knows by now is nuts. And she's like, these guys said this very mean thing about me. And it's like, what do you think he's going to do? kill somebody so she's no angel well yeah definitely not and she's like playing into it i guess i mean or she maybe doesn't really know that these that this idea to shoot these guys is like in what world are you gonna shoot anybody and they're gonna live with bullets even if they're german tranquilizer bullets get real she's smart she her iq is huge you know so yeah, she should so know. Be- she should have known better. And their revenge is to use the biggest insult that these two guys used, calling everyone fags, um, yeah. as a way to humiliate them, like they were the fags. Yeah, and this so, is such a late eighties like sort of yeah, concept. Yeah, it's like being gay is so disgusting and worth killing yourself over. That yeah. like, and we're gonna stage it like that. And they, oh my god, and the artifacts that they try to use as proof. A magazine called Stud Puppy. That looked hot, though. A candy dish. (laughs) A Joan Crawford postcard. Mascara and mineral water. (laughs) Shampoo. Uh, Shampoo. (laughs) A library full of books. Full of books. (laughs) (laughs) Last names. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Mineral water, that one cracked me up because I'm like, that is, I don't understand that one, but they're like, We're from Ohio, yeah, you don't got a brewski right. in your hand. So, basically, what they're saying is that gay people are sophisticated and patrons of the arts, exactly, and that's why we're better than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> See, okay, so that's when I asked the question, I was like, Does Ronica believe JD when he's talking about these German rubber bullets that? Just penetrate the skin, um, but they just tranquilize you for a couple of minutes or hours. I'm like, what? You really believe this? Her subconscious is like telling her to just, if you just believe it, then you're absolved of any, any blame if something goes wrong. You're going to think I'm so ridiculous, but I'm like, what if JD doesn't even exist? <gasps> oh what my God. He's like her ego. I show you Mulholland Drive one time, <laughs> and this is who you become. <laughs> what if he doesn't even? What if he's her subconscious? Oh my god, murder! Wouldn't that be crazy though? That could be a twist. When when has any other character ever talked to JD at this point? No one, except his weird ass dad. I think they're, I think they're ghosts. <laughs> he's a ghost. Oh yeah, they died with the mother. <laughs> Whoa! This is getting real crazy. This is getting I like this. <laughs> yeah, keep going. So then they take him out to the woods, and she gets him into their chonies, and then which I love. Uh, Kurt is which hot. I love. Oh, yeah, he's so hot. He's like a and hot Ram, dad. I'll take it. Ram, 
Ram has a Dorito-shaped body. Okay, but I so love good. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Big shoulders. Broad shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big shoulders. Big dick. <laughs> big swinging balls. Ah. Yep. As the old phrase goes. <laughs> but the homophobia of it all. But then the narrative sort of switches. It does. It does switch it up. Because after Heather died and they found her suicide note, she had depth. And now being homosexual is fine. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it sort of made them martyrs against ho- homophobia. That, you know. Uh-huh. Like, oh. Which is really interesting, and I read something online about this, how, you know, the conversation about teens, like, LGBT teen suicide was such a non-issue back then, or, you know, it was, but, you know, a non-talked about one. Right. That this was pretty eye-opening to people who had never even really thought about this idea of the fact that gay people were killing themselves because they were afraid to be who they were and so this brought up like a pretty progressive issue here yeah and i love my dead gay son that <laughs> while well, he's in his casket with the football uniform like that's great yeah and exactly and if you've ever heard heather's the musical there's a great song literally just called dead gay son and it's just, <laughs> it's this gospel number that happens at the church um, <laughs> where the dads sing about how much they love their dead gay sons Oh, um, which is great um, but yeah but I mean also in this part Veronica full on finally becomes a murderer <laughs> she shoots and kills Kurt Kelly yeah and she knew damn well that Ram was dead come on yeah. but you panic and shoot sounds about white sounds about white <laughs> let's see what comes of this there's some silly stuff that goes on with these cops and everything which is fun but unnecessary right Veronica continues her relationship with JD, but is now alarmed by his behavior, as he tries to convince her that this is what she actually wanted all along. He's onto her tricks. At the Jock's funeral, the boys become martyrs against homophobia, as the world would never accept their love. Miss Fleming is finally given permission to encourage the students to come together and even invites the media to witness the event. At his home, JD and Veronica begin to disagree over the amount of chaos ensuing from their actions. JD revels in it while Veronica wishes it would all go away. When JD uses a gun to shoot the radio playing the newly popular message song, Teenage Suicide, Don't Don't Do do it. It, Veronica ends their relationship. JD begins having secret meetings with Heather Duke, whom he threatens to blackmail with pictures of her and Martha Dump Truck as childhood friends. He convinces her that she is the new leader of the Heathers and gives her Heather Chandler's red scrunchie. Veronica is not amused when she sees her wearing it. Veronica plays a game of croquet with Betty Finn and is surprised by Betty's lack of ruthlessness in the game. The game is crashed by a more confident than ever Heather Duke and Heather McNamara. Meanwhile, a lonely and depressed Martha Dunstock tapes a suicide note to her chest and walks into oncoming traffic. Heather Duke is gloating about Martha's failed suicide attempt leading Veronica to slap her. Just another case of a loser trying to be like the popular kids and failing miserably. That's a cruel line. That is so cruel. Yeah, that this movie is for that's a great word to use to describe this movie. <laughs> cruel. Cruel. So so this section starts off with JD and Veronica in his car after they just 
committed this murder. Then they like, start yelling at each other in the car. And I like this scene where Heather Duke and Heather McNamara walk up and Heather Duke goes, ah, young love. And they're like screaming at each other in the car. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh but God. honestly, he makes a lot of good points. And he calls out Veronica for not owning up to her fucking feelings that she actually, I think, probably wanted these people dead. Like, bitch, I handed you the knife. You're the one that did the stabbing. Yeah, I just handed you the gun. You're the one who pulled that trigger, ho. Right. I just gave you the poison. You're the one that forced that girl to drink it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, and he, like, sort of gaslights her in a way and being like... Yes. The worthlessness of the jocks and, you know her saying that the world would be better without Heather Chandler, like that's not gaslighting her. I mean, those are her actual feelings. You said you wanted them to die. Yeah. And she was like, not really. It's all well. Miss uh, Fleming um, is given the permission to have this like assembly where the kids stand together against um, teenage suicide. Don't do it. I love when the media comes and you see Heather Duke fighting for her spot. I know. She, again, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's she or she's like quickly becoming even more evil, I think, than Heather Chandler ever was. I think Heather Duke is the most evil. She is. She was like laying dormant for the first part, but now that she's like been given the permission to be a mega bitch, she's taking it and running with it. She's running with it. And also, she's pretty I would say she's probably the most intelligent Heather because she's the one that reads books. And at first she's very suppressed. Uh, Oh no, oppressed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Both. And then she all of a sudden is encouraged by JD to sort of take over as the queen bee. And I think she's equipped to do that because she's well-read. Yeah. Oh, definitely. She, she knows that she was always meant for it. She's like, she couldn't handle the pressure. She's like, but I can. And then the ceremonious passing of the red scrunchie. Oh my God. And now she has the power. He he convinces her to take over this too by blackmailing the fact that when she was little, she used to be friends with Martha Dump Truck, which is like a big no. But yeah. it's really sad because this all leads down to Miss Martha being just so... She's so abused. She's she's so abused by these kids. And for what? Just leave her alone. Leave her alone. She literally does nothing. They show her eating at lunch. It's the only time they show... Oh, and drinking a big ass fucking big gulp. Like, that's what they show her Spilling it on herself. They make her look so pathetic. Like, she can't even do anything right. Nobody likes her. And she also spills all over herself. It's like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Right. Oh my God. This is horrible. And just this idea that suicide is now becoming... It's like weapon. It's weaponized now. Yeah, yeah. And which is which is very dark and very scary. Now using suicide as a way to you know get back at people and to uh, you know or to have people remember you as something that you weren't better than you were. Yeah. Maybe to Martha in this moment, being dead and people twisting the story and making you out to be some sort of martyr or saint is better than being alive. And that's fucking sad. Yeah. That is one way to off yourself by walking into oncoming traffic. Ooh, because there's no guarantee that it's going to kill you. What if somebody slams on the brakes and then you're just, what, maimed and paralyzed for the rest of your life? So we also 
learn a little bit more about JD. We're like unraveling the mystery. We're pulling back the layers. And now we're seeing that his mom might have committed suicide. Probably because his dad's a psycho. She's like, I gotta get out of here. I'm gonna yeah. walk into this blown up building. And I just, I just think it, it, it just lets us know more about JD and why he... Why he's a sadist. Yeah, why he's a sadist and why he believes in maybe the power of suicide. I don't know. And then we have this really great moment between Veronica and her mom where they kind of spar back and forth. And, you know, Veronica's like, you know, we teenagers, we just want to be treated like human beings. And she's all... Uh, it's usually when are. teenagers are being treated like human beings that they say they're not being treated like human yeah, beings. Exactly. It was calling to to light like the fact that teenage angst feels like the the most important thing in the world and like Yes. But she's like she's Everything like, is a big deal. Yeah, she's like, Do you want you're gonna have to deal with that shit for the rest of your life? Okay. It doesn't just go away when you're a teenager. Like you're always gonna be that's why she's like, um, how do you think other adults are around each other? You think it's just a game of devil's tennis? She's like, <laughs> yeah. She's like, no. She's like, you're gonna have to deal with the shit your entire life. So at this point, stop making it such a big deal. That's pretty interesting. The way that they introduce the parents versus where they take the parents at the end. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't patronize like... bunny rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> to I... this like very profound dialogue, it's like, oh wow. Yeah. Well, the mom is smarter than she looks. She's like, look, I may be you know every average everyday mom you know but you know what i still got wisdom yeah in this old hair heather duke claims that every person who can't face the pressure of high school should follow suit the girls then turn on the radio to find that heather mcnamara has called into the popular radio show hot probs to seek advice duke takes this as an opportunity to humiliate her writing poor little heather on the chalkboard in class McNamara storms into the restroom and attempts to swallow a bottle of pills, but is saved by Veronica. Veronica consoles Heather and convinces her to hang out instead of killing herself. JD meets with Heather Duke again and gives her the pictures of her and Martha in exchange for Heather getting every student to sign a petition for big fun, the singers of Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It, to plant prom. She flexes her new power by achieving a signature from every student except Veronica most of whom she lied to about its purpose. When confronted by Veronica, Heather claims that she's just jealous. Veronica contemplates killing Heather, allowing JD to swoop in. However, she rejects him again. When Veronica arrives home, her parents are concerned after JD had stopped by and claimed Veronica should be on suicide watch. She goes up to her bed and begins having a nightmare. She dreams that JD has come into her room, underlining meaningful passages in Heather Duke's copy of Moby Dick that could justify her suicide. They then end up in Heather's kitchen, where JD slits her wrists and writes a simple suicide note, Life sucks. Veronica laments that tomorrow somebody else will just take her place. At Heather Duke's funeral, Veronica converses with the deceased Heather Chandler, who claims that her afterlife is so boring and smashes Veronica's face in a bowl of spaghetti, waking her up. She writes one last journal entry where she says that according to JD, the extreme always seems to make an impression. My name's Heather. No, it's not Heather. It's Madonna. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that line. I love Heather McNamara's lines. She's so funny. I to know. Me. Yes, she is. Her character, obviously, of all of them, is the least fleshed out. 
Yeah, but she does have some great moments, including that, like, it's Madonna. And then she's like, no, it's not Madonna, it's Tweety. Because she has a yellow bird. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I love that when, you know, she's starting to feel that she might have depression. And so she's at school and Heather G. grates poor little Heather on the chalkboard after everyone's heard her make a fool of herself on the radio. And she tries to swallow this bottle of sleeping pills. And she goes... They they look like... They look like chopped up... Carrots. Like eraser... Or not erasers. Pencils. Like the yellow pencils. Uh, like the number yeah. two pencil. They're, he, they're, they're huge. Horse tranquilizers. Enormous. And she, I love when she's like, when Veronica runs in and pushes her and gets all the pills out of her mouth. And she's like, Jesus, Veronica, what are you trying to do? Kill me? She goes, what are you trying to do? Sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Poor Heather McNamara. Like, she's obviously, she doesn't know any way to express her feelings. She's probably not given, I don't know, or like, you know, teenage therapy. I feel like they just assumed kids would get over it and she's she's dealing with a lot of things and she doesn't and i feel like maybe she thinks the guy on the radio will be the best way to hot probs get her feel- <laughs> yeah hot, yeah exactly it's almost like she's like going to a therapy session because she's like um all my friends like, have the killed last- themselves and i'm thinking yeah. about doing that too what do i do <laughs> <laughs> she's like the last guy i had sex with so did my best friend and like She's just, like, going through it. She's like, I'm failing math. (laughs) (laughs) She's just going through it, and I think that she doesn't know any way to communicate herself. So this person on the radio who gives advice, maybe that'll be the person that saves her. And instead, it comes back to bite her in the ass because Heather Duke is a mega bitch who will exploit her best friend for no reason, just for the sake of humiliating her and gaining more power that way, knocking Heather McNamara down Right. You know, a few pegs. That's that's the strength so of Heather Duke. She doesn't even need minions. She can do this all by herself. And she's JD like, takes advantage of that by giving her this petition, which but it's actually a big ass suicide note. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is is which is brilliant, I will say, and that she's dumb enough to just go along with it because he threatens her reputation, and God forbid she will not lose it. She just got into power. Nothing's going to, you know, stop her now. And so she's she's ready to, you know, assert her power over the school. And Veronica calls her out on it. And she's like, she even tries to slap her again. They have this conversation. And, you know, Heather talks it all up to just, you're jealous. I feel like that's such like the, the easy. Jealous, yeah. yeah. You're just jealous. Yeah. It's such like the easy way for people to justify anybody, um, you know, questioning their authority. But I do love this um, fantasy that she has where JD once again tricks her into murdering her, essentially. And um, they go to her funeral and it's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> it's like a Tim oh, Burton film. They're all wearing 3D glasses. I was like, wow. I was like, that's such like a fun little 80s touch. Like all the 3D glasses. Yeah. And even having the guy that played Otho <laughs> as the priest. was named Glenn Shaddix or whatever. A righteous dude about yeah. Jesus. Um, yeah, the MTV video games. And then um, Miss Heather Chandler walks in. Looking like fucking Freddy Krueger <laughs> on the runway of Drag yeah. Race. 
I kind of <laughs> felt like this was an influence from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Because it's a nightmare. Maybe. And it's like red and it's yeah. green and it's surreal and over the top and cartoonish. And then you have Miss Stripes over here. It all comes to like a culmination in, too in this in this nightmare sequence when JD actually kills Heather Duke in it. And it yes. just happens in the dream. It doesn't happen in real life. Right. But, um, you know, the fact that, na- you know, they were at first they were writing these like elaborate suicide notes. You know, Heather Chandler's was so flowery and beautiful. And then, you know, Curtin Rams was full of, you know, confession. And now at this point, he's like, we've created something so crazy, the chaos that's going on, that people will literally believe anything. He's like, I will literally write life sucks in completely different handwriting because she's like i you know i i'm not gonna write it i'm the one who knows her handwriting and she's like he's like at this point it doesn't matter i can write life sucks and that'll be enough for people to believe in it sensationalize it make it about themselves and move on he knows that they can get away with murder but veronica's biggest fear is that who somebody else is just gonna take the place take her place yes it's almost like the archetype of that mega bitch will never leave. No, it's a part of high school politics. Like, yeah. And she's like, who's next? It could be me. Yeah. As if it's like this, it's like a, it's like a punishment. Yeah. Or it's like an inevitability. Who could it be? It, it could be me. Maybe one day I'll be so racked with power that I will be you know an evil dictator i'll be you i'll use my power for bad instead of good one heather is dead who's next (laughs) (laughs) jd climbs into veronica's room with a revolver to kill her but veronica has used a harness to make it look like she has hanged herself thinking her dead he rambles about his plan to blow up the school during a pep rally the petition he has been circulating via heather duke was actually a mass suicide note most of the students have already signed, so the mass murder would appear to be a mass suicide instead. Now knowing of his plan, Veronica goes to school where JD has already spread the word that Veronica has killed herself. She follows JD to the boiler room below the gym during a school pep rally where he is rigging timed explosives. They begin a knockout fight, scuffling over the gun that Veronica has brought to stop him. Getting the upper hand, Veronica shoots him when he refuses to stop the bomb. As JD collapses, he stabs the timer and it stops. Veronica walks through the pep rally with everyone cheering. However, the severely injured JD follows her outside with the bomb now strapped to his chest. He offers what amounts to a personal eulogy as Veronica looks on and detonates the bomb. JD is dead and Veronica has survived the blast. In the halls, Veronica confronts Heather Duke, takes the red scrunchie, says, Heather, my love, There's a new sheriff in town and invites Martha Dunstock to hang out on prom night and watch movies with her instead. The end. Yes, there are. Yeah, version. Yes, (laughs) Sly in the family stone. Yeah. (laughs) This is crazy because JD comes in there fully prepared to murder her. He's like, well, you actually did it. I mean, I was going to kill you, but this is way more convenient. He's, he was like, oh, man, he's like, well, I was going to try to convince you to, like, you know, go along with my plan. And we could have roasted marshmallows over the burning corpses of our fellow students. <laughs> Just like it Carrie White. Great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of Carrie, I've heard a lot of 
uh, or read a lot of things that equate this to be the 80s version of Carrie. Oh! Revenge against the the mean people at school. Oh my god, that makes total sense. I told you, this could have been an FTTQ episode easily. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, maybe we should have switched Mulholland and and this. But whatever, Mulholland is also scary. Mulala, yeah. Malala. Um, Is she here? <laughs> hey, girl. I love that when Veronica pretends to have hung herself and then uh, yeah. her mom comes in and she's like, Oh, yeah. I should have let you take that job at the mall. And oh, I was just worried about you going out at night. Or she's like, Walk your car at night. <laughs> yeah. And then she gets herself down and she's like, Basically, like, Mom, you're being so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ignore the fact that every other student around me has killed themselves, quote unquote. So Veronica's like, I have to stop him. Now that she, he's, I mean, this is silly. He laid out his whole plan to her, not even checking to make sure she was dead. Yeah, just soliloquizing to her corpse. You know, his whole plan. (laughs) Stupid. I know. And they have this big blowout fight, which I think creates a wonderful look for Miss, uh, between this and and being blown up at the end she looks fantastic (laughs) like you can tell she's been through it (laughs) she's been through it yeah i love this this like suspense that we get here um and honestly this confrontation between jd and veronica is kind of like they deserve to both die to be honest at this point they're both stone cold murderers yeah like they've done a lot of bad so it's like I get it. Obviously, Veronica is very remorseful for what she's done, and maybe she should face, you know, justice for what she's done. Also, JD says that thing about, um, like, realizing that the only way to be, like, equal, to, like, break down the the walls of high school hierarchy is to kill everyone so that they're all, like on the same playing yeah. field like that's right dark. he says that the only place that that people from different social groups can get along is in heaven which might be true i you know think hell that's just would be more of a place for that but <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> i mean that i don't know if he's completely incorrect and it's just the way of the world only in know? death are we truly all human yeah do we realize we all bleed the same blood Au revoir. Gosseron. C'est la vie. Au revoir, la vie. Bienvenue à heaven. Whatever that is. Yes. I think at this point, Veronica's sort of been like, look, like, she's sort of conceded to her own life. Like, she's done a lot of wrong. Yeah. And so the, she has to go out there and almost sacrifice her life, you know. Which everyone has already him. thought she is dead. Because when she walks into the school, Miss Fleming, oh, yeah. she's like, oh my so, gosh. I heard you killed yourself. Whether to kill yourself or not is one of the most important decisions a teenager can make. <laughs> <laughs> As if it's like now part of like the curriculum or something. Yeah. It's like, well, you could drink or not drink. You could do drugs or not do drugs. You could kill yourself or not. These are major issues that every teenager faces. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Again, it's that desensitization of of the high school staff. I would everything just becomes another teen issue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you like you said earlier the tension is building especially around here this fight and then stopping the bomb and then when yeah we see that he's still alive having survived her gunshot the first time 
so he like follows her out. She shot off his middle finger too, so she was not oh, yeah. playing around. No, she was Lori Strode. Yeah, yeah, and then she shot the hell out of him. It would only make sense to her that he's probably dead, but he's not. And he comes out, and I think he at this point knows that he's gonna die no matter what. He's already he's too far gone. Right. And he straps this bomb to himself because he wanted to leave a final mark, final message. And, you know, his initial message with, like, killing everybody was that teenagers are society and we're all this, like, crumbling institution. It's poetic. And, yeah, it's poetic to have all these people decide to kill themselves and show society that uh, we're too far gone or whatever it is. Even though that plan doesn't come to fruition, uh, he still wants to make a message. So he, he straps a bomb to himself. And honestly, I, I kind of thought that... I kind of feel like Veronica thinks that she's going to blow up with it, too. She sort of concedes to her life. She pulls out that cigarette, and she's like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. But she ends up surviving it. it with her cigarette her lit. <laughs> yes. I love it. But it's such like a, an amazing little image at the end of it. Jesus, Veronica, you look like hell. I just got back. Yeah, shut up, Heather. <laughs> And she pulls a scrunchie out of her hair. And yeah. then invites Miss Martha to hang out at her house on prom night instead of going. And she's so happy that she's doing wheelies around. Yeah. <laughs> Veronica. I know. But there's something about the original endings. Do you know about either of these endings? No. That, um So there are two alternate and en- or original endings that they decided on before they kind of went with this like, you know, pleasant red scrunchie tied around it kind of bow kind of ending yeah um where i mean in these endings veronica kind of gets off easy like does she really deserve to still be alive no or to not i don't know she's caused a lot of problems she murdered somebody like it is interesting that we they kind of treat it as if she has made it out of this horrendous situation and she can just kind of go on with her life but the one of the original endings was that the bomb does go off and the, all the kids are killed and then there's a they literally show heaven where all the kids are dancing together at prom and different social groups and at first they're dancing with their friends. own social groups and then they switch and they all start dancing with each other and miss martha dunstock is singing at the prom while everybody slow dances oh together. my god yeah so that was uh one of the original endings but i guess they thought it was too dark okay to have them all die and i was like okay fine whatever sounds like an ending to carry honestly but yeah Yeah. and then the other ending that was supposed to happen was uh veronica inviting martha to hang out with her and martha and i've heard two versions of this she either pulls out a gun or pulls out a knife and stabs or shoots veronica and (gasps) says fuck you heather and Ugh. scoots away and uh i guess veronica's on the ground going my name's not heather and then end oh which uh, yeah <laughs> wouldn't that have been that would have been fantastic yeah isn't that i mean it would kind of be justice in a way wouldn't that be crazy that would and, be you know nuts. i think that it and it does sort of it kind of goes back to Veronica's concerns that anybody can be the next Heather, you know, the head Heather or whatever. And she takes that scrunchie. She puts it in her hair. 
Yes, that is an insightful ending. Instead, kept that. we get a charred Veronica with her lit cigarette, just like... I mean, I guess it's a cool... It's funny. I, I, and I do know that this ending is sort of iconic in, you know, the cult fandom of this movie. But... Yeah. Uh, I think I would have preferred that ending that you just described. Me too. I think yeah. that's, it's, like, dark and... And it fits the rest of the movie, and I think it kind of instills some justice for a character like Martha. Yeah, especially for people like me who are skeptical of Veronica's true intentions. Exactly, exactly. Like, is she really as innocent as we are led to believe? I don't know. The killer's the final so. girl. This is like Emma Roberts surviving Scream 4. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All right, well, that brings us to the end of our movie. Yes. Okay, what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts. Oh my gosh. Cult classic. One yeah. of my faves. I love quoting it. Um, I think it's it's fun because of the Bean Girl genre. Right. Um, it's one of the darker ones. And, you know, True. for somebody who loves horror and people being murdered on screen and things like that, I think this is perfect. Um, I think it really at least set the tone for maybe stronger commentaries on on female social dynamics in high school for yes. something like Mean Girls. I think it's a great foundation for it. And I think that without Heathers, that wouldn't exist. Without Heathers, we wouldn't have never had Scream Queens. We never had right. a lot of a lot of popular things that I enjoy. Maybe even, I don't want to say Clueless, but maybe even Clueless. I don't know. The fashion, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And um, so I think I, I just respect this movie a lot. Um, and I think it, I just think it's fantastic. So for me, this is a five out of five. I love this movie. Oh my God. It's great. Yeah. I, I agree with a lot of that. It is very dark. Um, and I do appreciate it for that. I also feel like for me, like loving movies like Mean Girls and Jawbreaker and, you know, others that going back to something like this is like loving Scream and then going back and watching the references like Halloween like this yeah. is like the Halloween yes. of the Mean Girl um, yes. subgenre and so For sure. I love it in that regard I do just think that my biggest criticism of the movie is the writing I, as, as iconic as it is and as much as it makes this movie at the, puts it in the level of the status that it's in is through the dialogue of this movie, it genuinely does not help the storytelling. It just mm, yeah. is just an I Sometimes it's a little jagged. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's a little rough around the edges as far as the writing is concerned. But I have to say that they created some delicious one-liners that will remain in pop culture forever. But I mean, we we could have given also a little bit more insight sure. in between. Sure, sure. What's your rating out of five? Four out of five. Nice. Four chainsaws out of five. Yeah, four <laughs> chainsaws fucking me gently. To fuck me gently. <laughs> <laughs> fucking me gently with his chainsaw. <laughs> fucking me gently with his chainsaw. Buzzing my whole life with his saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god alright you. we made it to the end of another Hear the Talking Queers yeah we're full steam ahead into May where we'll be doing Suspiria for Mother's Day ooh <laughs> yes 
I love that choice. I love that choice. Well, and Suspiria 2018. 18. The remake, not Dario Argento's classic masterpiece, but Amazon Prime's <laughs> Luca Guadagnino's. Uh, uh, oh, that's Suspiria. it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Amazon original movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, very lovely film. I can't wait to jump in. Me too. All right, everybody. Um, we'll talk to you next time. Follow us on at Fear the Talking Queers on Instagram, flow.page slash Fear the Talking Queers. And you can um, suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Instead of doing that, leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or if you can rate us on whatever the hell you're listening to this on, rate us. Beautiful wrap up. <laughs> uh, eloquently put. <laughs> eloquently put. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week back with Fear the Talking Queers. Sweet dreams. Yes. Goodbye. Mwah. Heather. Heather.